0: Episode eighty one of the MLS Aces podcast. Decision day is over. Playoff time is here, and to talk about those two things with me, Jason Vivang. Jason, how you doing, bud?
1: Doing well, Tom. How about you?
0: Doing great. It's playoff time tomorrow. We're yeah, recording this on the thirtieth. Tomorrow's playoffs.
1: Good soccer last weekend. Good, so- good soccer midweek today to tomorrow, and then good soccer next weekend. It's a lot to look forward to. <laughs>
0: it's a lot to look forward to, and to make sure that you get to see your team and you get to see, and not your team, Jason specifically, oh, so oh,
1: you had point. to, you had to do that. <laughs> I have to take
0: my shots every single week that I can. That's all right. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, make,
1: maybe you can go see your team <laughs>
0: <laughs> to make sure that you get to see your team, the listener, your team out there in the MLS cup playoffs. Uh, make sure you check out Seeky because Getting tickets, to, um, getting tickets online to sporting events used to be so complicated and risky, but Seeky completely changed the game. They survey hundreds of sites, and they give you a bunch of different ticket prices, and they rate each ticket based on good seats, bad seats, um, and it's all based on the value that, that you put in. You say you want to spend 20 bucks on a ticket, then they'll show you the best value for $20 on a ticket to that specific game. Um... SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Like I said, they search multiple ticket sites, they grade every ticket, and it is an absolute easy, easy app to use. Every ticket is fully guaranteed, so you can stop. Um, so you can make this your one-stop shop for tickets, and you can purchase with SeatGeek with some confidence. You can make SeatGeek your one-two stop to make sure you get everything from sports tickets to concert tickets to comedy and theater tickets. Um, I'm actually just. A few minutes ago, I purchased Geek um, tickets to go to the New York City um, game tomorrow night. I'm excited to go to the game tomorrow night. I wasn't able to go on decision day, but I'm so happy that I get to go um, against the Union. Jason, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about that in the yeah, second. Yeah, we will. <laughs>
1: but, but I'm <laughs> will. so
0: excited to be there in person. Um, it's going to be awesome. I It's going to be a crazy, crazy atmosphere. And I am so excited that SeatGeek was able to hook me up with some of those tickets and I can get right into the middle of the fold. Now, if you guys, like I said, if you guys want to go see your team, see your Major League Soccer team, this MLS Cup playoffs, I can help you out. If you are buying your first purchase on SeatGeek, you can get $20 off that purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code ACES today, that is A-C-E-S. Enter promo code Aces for twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase on the app. SeatGeek, life's an event; they have the tickets. Thank you very much, SeatGeek.
1: Whew. Couldn't be easier to do it. <laughs> it's it's so easy, so
0: so reliable, and you know it, it sets you up for a great time and a great event to go see. But last weekend we had some great events with some decision day soccer. Literally all of the games besides one because Columbus had to have some weather issues. Um, all happened <laughs> at once, but the Clements game didn't even matter at that point. I, you want to start Eastern Conference or Western Conference first? Cause you got to talk uh, about
1: the games. Let's start in the West.
0: Let's start with the West. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start here. We start out in Colorado where the Rapids and FC Dallas faced off the Rapids completely out of contention and Dallas just playing for a potential bi-week seating. So they had a lot riding on this game. Oscar Perea and his boys needed to turn things around and show up because recently have not been playing too well. Uh, They got on the board early with a Mr. Old Reliable goal, Mr. Maximiliano (laughs) Yeruti, in the 18th minute. Then, in the 80th minute, however, held off off the Rapids pretty good all game. 80th minute, Cole Bassett scores and becomes the youngest player in Rapids history to score a goal. Then only four minutes after that, we got a game-winner from none other than Tommy Smith. Yes, that Tommy Smith, the center back for the Colorado Rapids. He puts home uh, the header to win the game in the 84th minute, knocking FC Dallas out of bye week, um, out of a bye-week seed, and now they're playing in a knockout stage game. So I kind of don't really want to talk about the Colorado Rapids in this one, you know, shockingly, even though <laughs> it, was a, it was a great win for them, and uh, congrats to Cole Bassett on that accomplishment, but...
1: Finishing um, their season strong. Yeah, finishing. It's nothing their season left. Strong.
0: <laughs> um, what do you think this means for FC Dallas that they've been struggling as of late? They lose on decision day to the Rapids, and now they have to play a knockout game this week.
1: I mean, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no way to sugarcoat it. It is not a good look for them. This loss is just. I mean. A game like this against Colorado, obviously, like you said, nothing to play for. It's like you you expect these guys to go out there, win the game, you know, prove that they deserve, you know. I mean, if they won this, they they had the potential to finish second. Yeah. I mean, that's a bye week. And now you're playing midweek against Portland, which is not, you know, we'll get into that later. But that's that's not a great game. Not and uh, up for
0: them
1: at all. yeah, it's it's not it's not great. And the way they're playing, it's like you you really needed to build confidence in this game, and you didn't get it done. And you lost in a pretty brutal way. To be honest, like those two goals late, it's just really bad for them. And I I honestly don't I don't think this was a good performance at all. Cause for concern.
0: Uh, definite cause for a concern, especially since we're also looking at Oscar Pereja to be the next U.S. Men's National Team coach and he has struggled with FC Dallas as of late. But, uh, let's jump to the next game and I don't have a little long little breakdown of the game that I could have for the last one, but Seattle and San Jose. Uh, Raul Rudiaz comes up clutch and bangs home two goals for a brace to beat San Jose 2-0. Um, with the FC Dallas loss, Seattle gets the jump up to second uh, the second seed in the West. And uh, the only mention like, or note that I want to make for San Jose is we have to wait a whole other season for Wando to break Landon Donovan's record. So, you know, I there's <laughs> mentioned that.
1: that last week and yeah. now. Yep.
0: Now he's gotta he has get,
1: to wait. Got to get back at it
0: but uh Seattle, what a turnaround they made from the beginning of the season to now again just completely being the probably the hottest team in the west it
1: it feels like everything is just just falls into place for them. like every result this this weekend just so annoying they're in second like
0: and I have nothing five I have nothing against the sounders I have plenty of friends and plenty of people that I interact with on Twitter all the time who are sounders fans and and I know that they're dedicated, true Sounders fans, but like, goddamn, does everything just work out in your favor?
1: Like, <laughs> just, they're, they're like the like the reverse rev, revs, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Everything just goes maybe the reverse fire at this point, but
0: <laughs> no, I would give them more reverse revs. I like that the Seattle Sounders are the reverse revs, literally like opposite coast, <laughs> both in the north. You know, I got I like it. I like the connection there. <laughs> um, let's move to a game that had a little uh, a little more behind it and one I kind of want to talk about a little bit more. So, uh, Jason, I want to take you Just – got to close your eyes and picture this. All right. I'm going to imagine this. You're sitting on the beach in Los Angeles, sitting on your Los Angeles Galaxy towel. It's a sunny ooh, day. Be-
1: beautiful I'm feeling towel, good. Right? Feeling good.
0: Ola Kamara scores his first goal. And you're like, ooh, look, someone just, like, popped a corona in my hand. Like, even better day. <laughs> I'm just chilling on the beach. Even better day. Then Olumkamara scores his second goal, and you're like, Oh, oh here's some cool. I'm taking ass a game.
1: dip in the water at this point.
0: Oh, okay. So you take a dip in the water, you come back, and there's some cool ass people that just showed up, and they're talking to you. You're hanging out, you're drinking a little bit, and you're just having a great time, right? Then oh, Romel Quioto scores a goal, and you're like, Okay, it's starting to drizzle a little bit. The people you're hanging out with just left, but you're like, I'm gonna chill at the beach, though. It's okay, the rain will no you, pass.
1: You've Got a little confidence, you know. Yeah. I'm still feeling. Hey, we're up.
0: The rain's gonna pass. Don't worry. You're they dead. have
1: nothing to play for.
0: You're good. Um, you know, and then Mauro Minotas puts away a penalty kick and you spill your beer and you're like, shit, well, this day is kind of getting away from me a little bit. (laughs) Then finally, Mauro Minotas puts away a second goal. It's downpouring your LA Galaxy towel blew away. You don't have a beer. You're all alone. And this is where LA Galaxy Nation is sitting right now, all alone in the downpouring rain. Oh,
1: I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Honestly, like they couldn't get it done i I just you gotta win your game, Salt Lake wasn't even playing. you gotta win your game, and they couldn't get it done it's it's brutal it it's really brutal for galaxy fans, but at the end of the day, like maybe you didn't deserve to be there as harsh as that sounds
0: and it's like they they turned it around late at the end of the season and they were playing great soccer, and then they come off you come out to a two nothing lead at the half Ola Kamara. Just kinda he finally showed a little bit of why you signed him. Obviously Zlatan overtook that mean striker role, but Ola Kamara puts away two and a half and you're like, okay, like we're at home. We're the Houston aren't in the playoffs. We got this.
1: What and... whatever halftime speeches those coaches gave, I just <laughs> Houston didn't have anything to play for down two goals at half. It's like what they came out. They wanted to win. I, Real Salt Lake must have gave them some money or something. I don't know. And I, I'm just...
0: You can give what... I'm going to say this last thing about this game, or about the LA Galaxy team, and I'll, you can finish up with whatever you want to say. But, one, I feel bad for my, my boys over at LA is our house. Just sad, sad day for them. Well, sad few days for them now that the Galaxy missed the playoffs. And, two, uh, people... Continuously say Dom Kinnear is this great coach and he's you know done great things and yeah he's won games with uh, Houston and then his time in San Jose kind of was mixed but I think he is such an overrated coach and <laughs> an overrated uh, I guess voice in U.S. soccer because you know what he has his moments but at the end he always falls flat on his face I, and I'm not saying him specifically I'm saying his teams always fall flat on mm-hmm. his face. And that's why I'm saying Dom Kinnear, this is my hot take, that Dom Kinnear is just this overrated guy. And he's, uh, a, he's a problem solver and not a long-term solution.
1: That's fair. I think that's a fair. Um, so, just, just to close this game, I mean, it's just brutal for the, I mean, I really wanted to see this Galaxy team in the playoffs. And, you know, it's fun. It's fun having the Galaxy in the playoffs as much as, you know. People hate them. Yeah, as much as people hate him, it, they have to admit it's fun to have him in the playoffs, and Zlatan in the playoffs would have been just must-watch, and we're missing out on that. So, I mean, it, it's sort of a, a lose for for everyone, but yeah, no, I guess except for RSL fans, but...
0: <laughs> the Mike Pecky fans of the world.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, no you, hate on RSL, but I, I, Zlatan in the playoffs is like, it's going to be crazy. It would have been crazy. It would have been, been awesome.
0: 100 percent. i would have loved to seen zlatan versus rooney like mls cup like i honestly like if that i don't think that would have happened but if it did happen that would have been amazing
1: but at least at least the chance of it happening would have been (laughs) it was (laughs) zero percent exactly
0: um yeah it's it's shitty uh and i don't want to keep talking about like this game because obviously the galaxy are out but it's just like I don't know, like, do you think, and this is this is a question that maybe will lead into, like, uh, some award talk that we'll get to in a few episodes, but who do you think was a bigger impact on their team, Zlatan to the Galaxy or Rooney to DC United? Because you can't deny that Zlatan accounted for, what, 31, 32 goals with his 20-something goals and 10 assists on this Yeah, season.
1: I, I mean, he, his his output was just phenomenal, but honestly, I'd probably go with Rooney. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, that team was in dead last. Yeah. They didn't look, I mean, that was like a throw-in-the-towel season for them almost. And now they're sitting in, I think, fourth. Like, it's like the, what what that team is able to do. And it's obviously not, you know, only Wayne Rooney. But so he came in and that team seemingly turned it around and. it. We're not looking at them in the playoffs. If if the Galaxy made the playoffs, I think Zlatan would have a, a lot better argument at this, but Rooney's got to take it because of that playoff spot that they got over the the hump and Galaxy didn't.
0: Exactly, and for, I I agree with you, and I think that you know when it comes to award time, everyone saying Zlatan should be up for MVP and team of the season and blah blah blah, and they will probably get it because because he's Zlatan Ibrahimovic, <laughs> but I mean. I don't know if I can give a guy a team of the season if his team didn't make the playoffs. I don't know if I can give a guy a potential M V P candidacy if his team didn't make the playoffs. You know, like I it's in it's my, a, my head it's hard to get over that.
1: It's a hard no, me. <laughs> it's it's, a no for pretty, me. It is no I'm for pretty I'm pretty adamant. I don't think he should get M V P. You gotta make the playoffs at least at the very least.
0: I don't think that him or Wayne Rooney should get MVP if we're going to go for either of those two. But if I'm going to give it to one of those two, it's going to be Rooney. Just because, like you, like everything you said before, I'm not going to hash it. But yeah, you know, it, it's it's a very interesting and crazy uh, crazy scene that kind of played out in L.A. And, um, you know, sucks, but good on uh, Mauro Minotas and Houston.
1: Sometimes things go your way, sometimes they don't. And this was... They didn't for the galaxy. So yeah, you, know, you yeah. got to live with it and look forward to next season.
0: Yeah. Uh, kind of, it's going to be interesting to see. And again, I hate making this like always just a, I always feel like I'm talking about the galaxy. I always feel like I'm <laughs> kind of like dragging on galaxy points, but with them and some other teams that we'll get to, it's interesting to see kind of how, uh, how this roster will look next season. So let's move on to a team that kind of had a, a Twitter blow up today, a little bit in the West. And, um, they're the one team we we'll probably talk about that's not making the playoffs, and that's the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, so it's the same thing for this one. Portland Timbers, you know, they were kind of locked in that fifth spot in the West, and they kind of put out a second starting eleven, a, a backup team that consisted of Lucas Milano, um, Marco Farfan, Bill Tum- uh, Tuloma, um, and you know you, you can just tell it wasn't going to be a win for the Timbers. They were kind of resting all their stars for the playoffs because they knew they were locked into that five seed Well Vancouver came out, nothing to lose um a full force lineup, and uh it was a it was an awesome farewell moment for the Canadian sensation alfonso Davies uh Davies started in this game, played in his last game for the Vancouver White before he heads over to join Bayern Munich in Germany. Uh, he came out and in 31 minutes scored a brace. Uh,
1: they were they were great goals. They were absolutely they, great. Yeah, goals they were they were beautiful.
0: It's why he's gonna go join one of the best teams in the world. And you know, I I personally don't think he will get starting minutes right away. Or you know, but the opportunity that he'll have to go train with Iron Robin and Frank Ribery, um, especially those guys play his position. And I think he'll learn some valuable valuable lessons I there. I think
1: it's sort it's sort of comparable to Tim Weah. Well. And yeah. PSG, yeah. I think, but I mean, Canada's definitely got a lot to be excited about with Davies. I mean, he's a great player. He's he's so young, and it's it's he's fun to watch. Exactly. I think. Uh, you know, I, I don't
0: want to really talk about the Timbers here, but it was a great moment for uh, for Alfonso Davies. It was a great moment for the Vancouver Whitecaps organization, and a great farewell for Davies in that city. You know, it was just cool that his last game he went out on a brace at home. You know. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's I one agree. Of those storybook endings type of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: did you see the absolute breakdown of the Vancouver Whitecaps today on Twitter?
1: I did not actually. They,
0: um so I guess today they had their exit interviews with the media kind of talking about the season overall and whatever. And um the the main two that I saw, the main two statements that I saw were from Doniel Henry and um Kendall Waston. Um, I saw
1: I saw the Waston
0: yeah, but apparently yeah. it was both um, comments that saying that there's two-faced guys in the locker room and it's hard to succeed when you have guys going out and playing for themselves. And um, it, it's kind of crazy because uh, Kendall Waston's publicly announced that he doesn't want to be with the Vancouver mm-hmm. Whitecaps in 2019. And he is a top defender in this league, so that'll be interesting to see if he goes to another major league soccer spot. But uh, it kind of just adds a little more... You know, it kinda I feel like it kinda just shits on the moment that Alfonso Davies has. And for Vancouver White fans you have nothing really going on with not making the playoffs. I feel like this next week should have been celebrating Alfonso Davies. And now it's like, what's going on with our locker room? Why is the the team culture here shitty?
1: It's it's like a sour note sort of to end their season on after a pretty great game and a great performance to end on, and it's it's really kinda depressing. <laughs> yeah,
0: it sucks, you know. But Hopefully we see some change in the Vancouver Whitecaps locker room. I think that there's going to be a uh a bi- uh, uh, a big overhaul of players and um probably coaches next season. And uh be interesting to there'll be another uh off-season team to kind of look at their roster and see what major changes happen. Now,
1: the- yes, yeah, so- no, sometimes sorry. these uh these kind of blow-ups actually end up being great for the team. So, we'll we'll get to see that. Exactly. I think, you know, you just got to see the right people are brought in, and
0: uh, the organization handles it the best way. Uh, let's move to the biggest game of the weekend in the Western Conference. Uh, maybe the biggest game of the weekend in general, depending on who you're asking. That was Sporting Kansas City versus LAFC on Fox Sports 1. Um, things really started up here in the 37th minute when Roger Espinosa put away a Golazo from distance. Um, SKC were up 1-0 at that point, looking at first place in the West and looking at a first-round bye. Uh, however, things were kind of chippy from from that point on, some physical play, and in the 62nd minute, Seth Sinovic was shown a red car after a VAR review for denial of obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Um, a, it was a, a corner that it was a shot and uh, hit his arm in the box, and a penalty was given for LAFC. Um, Carlos Vela steps up and does what Carlos Vela does and bangs home a penalty kick, Um Game was tied 1-1 at that point. SKC down 10 men and the physical play not really ending. Um, in the 72nd minute, Kyrie Shelton kind of bursted down the uh, right-hand sideline, which I'm a New York City fan. I never really saw that from Shelton at any of his games. <laughs> but um, he puts in a beautiful ball into the box right at the feet of Daniel Shallowy uh, And um, Shalowy puts it away and sends Sporting Kansas City to the first seed in the West with a 2-1 win over LAFC. And uh you know I know you have your opinions on the LAFC defense so I want to hear it.
1: Um yeah I mean we we texted a little bit on Sunday about this but that last goal they gave was bad. Shoddy defense. Really really bad. You're up a man and I it's where there was five or six guys within 10 yards and they just got it's bad. It's it's not a good look and it. It it was not good. I think that, you know, Credit to Sporting Kansas City, but this was a chippy game, and it'll be interesting to see how these players do in their next playoff game. Yeah. I... Luckily, luckily they don't have to play midweek. <laughs> Actually, LAFC does, but Kansas City doesn't, and that red card is pretty brutal too. They're gonna lose uh, Sinovic, which is <clears throat> not great, but. Yeah, that's the point that
0: I wanted to bring up: you lose Sinovic uh you know the first first game in the playoffs so you have no left back uh there your backup is Jalen Lindsley, who is right now in florida with the usu 20s and you don't have any other natural left back at that position on your roster they had uh johan croise um fill in at left back but he's a left winger kind of a guy who just has some experience at left back and didn't do a bad job i have to say against the lafc attack but um, do you think not having a natural left back, and especially with how strong the SKC defense and how reliable the SKC defense has been all year long will hurt them in this uh I mean obviously we don't know who they're playing yet, but will will hurt them in their uh their first
1: game. I think it will. I I I do I I don't think their record is very favorable favorable in games without Sinovic, but I just think that you want that full back line in a playoff game in Regardless of who they're playing, the defense is weakened. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know it's it's not it's not gonna be great for them. I do think this team is a, a really strong team and they could possibly get over that, but it's it's definitely a cause for them to be concerned a little bit and I mean they have a week and they get to see who they're playing on Thursday and they'll have a week to uh kind of prepare and figure out what they're gonna do there because they know that one thing will be constant is they're not going to have them. So we'll see how they prepare. And I think that's the most important thing because I do think losing him is going to be a pretty, pretty big blow. No, I completely agree with you. Uh, you know,
0: sporting Kansas city, I think I, I uh, heard something, I read something that they have the most consistent starting back four in major league soccer over the course of the season that they've started the same four guys uh, more consistently than any other team. So there's definitely <laughs> a trust and relationship that builds up there and, you know, let's say Matt Beazler or, or Aiko or whoever plays on the left, um, you know, looks over to his left-hand side and is expecting Sinovic to be in a spot that he normally is. And it's Croizet, and Croizet is up the field a little bit, and it's a misplayed ball, and all hell could break loose at that point. That, you know?
1: that I think, is the most important kind of point because the trust. The, these guys have been playing together. They know their tendencies. They they talk, I'm sure, all the time. They no, they prepare together, and it's in one week. It's going to be difficult to you know have as fluid of a back line, missing one of your main guys. And I mean, I guess that's why you have someone
0: like Matt Beasler and even Eichelpar on that back line, guys who have been there and have done it, and can you know maybe mm-hmm. take that extra take that extra second to think before they pass and do it at a professional high rate. Um, but you know, it's definitely going to be different. It's going to be interesting, and they're gonna they're gonna hope that they can. They're going to be on the road first, so that, I guess it's hope that you can pull out a draw in the first game and then have Sinovic back or Lindsley back in the second game and, uh, you know, pick pull out a win at home. You know? And, yeah. and I think that they can do that in, in Kansas City, but it'll be tough to see. So let's talk about how the West played out. Um, just run through the standings really quick. First, we had Sporting Kansas City. Second, Seattle Sounders. Third, LAFC. Fourth, FC Dallas. Fifth, Portland Timbers. Sixth, Three Out, Salt Lake. 7th LA Galaxy, 8th Vancouver Whitecaps, nine Houston Dynamo, 10th Minnesota United, eleven Colorado Rapids, and twelve the San Jose Earthquakes with the worst points total <laughs> in Major League Soccer. That's behind Orlando City, everybody. Now, that's the West. Let's talk about the East because the East has some crazy, crazy storylines surrounding it as well. Um, I want to start here with the MLS Aces Derby. That was between you and Sam, DC United going to Chicago. Um, Not really a good game. I mean, like, Uh, (laughs) not not, not a good game excitement-wise. I think it was a pretty good defensive game overall, but 0-0.
1: Yeah, it was not very exciting. It was pretty uh, boring, you know, back and forth. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't even a lot of chances or big chances. But, yeah, it ended 0-0. Honestly, you know, I guess there's no real real bragging rights right now besides the fact that DC's in the playoffs and the Fire Art. <laughs> I mean very But true. Sam, Sam's not here to Sam's not here to say anything, so. Talk all the shit you want. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> no,
0: uh, I I two questions kind of surrounding these two teams right now. Um this was first um this was DC's first game I guess in a while playing on the road and not being in the comfort at, of home be, just because they've had their their schedule backloaded so much. Do you Mm -hmm. think it's a problem that they went on the road and couldn't muster up a goal?
1: Um, I don't think it's like a huge problem. It's, it's a little bit like they didn't play as well as you kind of would have expected them to, especially with the form that they've been in. Mm -hmm. But going into the playoffs, I think they're just going to, they'll be okay. Um, it is a little bit like you're playing, you're playing away. You, you should, it's, it's definitely harder. It was, I'm not gonna say you know that the fire the best stadium to play yeah. in as much as I, as much as I love them but it's it's we'll we'll see how it affects them but I I think they'll be fine.
0: When you said the fire aren't the best stadium to play in, I just picture the playoff game last year where like two thousand fans made it to the <laughs> game against the Red Bulls. Ugh. There
1: were a couple of games this year that were probably worse than that one it's too.
0: Just, it's so bad, like.
1: I mean, you have so many people in the city, and I I can't even... I don't want to use the, you know, Toyota Park so far away card, because I think that's a little BS. It is, it is far, and maybe that's some people's argument, but you have so many people in Chicago, and I know a lot of them are soccer fans. And I've seen those bars filled during World Cups, during, you know, weekend Premier League games, and... There's no reason that the fire should be this poorly, you know, shown.
0: Well, one thing that may also hurt uh, people coming out to fire games next year, and is something that uh, your reaction to when I texted you was pretty. Uh, I, w- I was funny on on, uh, on this <laughs> end, but it's also I understand how upsetting it is. It was. And that is. I know the, where you're going with yeah. this. Uh, Brandon Vincent, the 24-year-old left back, or now former 24-year-old left back for the Chicago Fire, has decided to retire. Uh, California native, he played in 85 games for the Fire after being drafted in 2016. He was also able to to grab a U.S. men's national team cap in 2016. Um, I think in a league that doesn't have... Many phenomenal fullbacks he was one of the few that definitely stood out, especially for a fire team that he, uh
1: isn't he was so great. someone someone that I know we talked about this a little bit off air, but he was someone that you know fire fans and I you know expected to be that that centerpiece that left back for a good ten years at least and it's i don't know you know why he retired he didn't really disclose like you know that reason. And I, I hope it's not, you know, for health reasons or anything. And I wish him well and wherever he goes next. But it really hurts. It's a, it's a tough, tough pill to swallow.
0: No, I mean, it, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for you. And I understand that from a fire aspect and from a U.S. men's national team left back, especially for, uh, you know, we're a team that doesn't have the depth at left back already. And Anthony Robinson, how no matter how much I like him, he he is struggling
1: when he's. He's looked a little chassis. shaky for sure. So you want that depth at left back, and um, you know Brandon Vincent was definitely one of those guys you would consider, you know, maybe getting in the, the conversation. Past. Exactly, I think he was definitely in the conversation and someone that I mean I expected to at least get a get a look at maybe in January or something, and and now you know obviously that. Will not happen. So exactly. I mean, I, very unfortunate. He, he's a Stanford graduate. Um, I know
0: that when I was doing my research into it today, um, I know that he was getting his MBA while playing um, professionally for the Fire. So I wondered maybe if you know he had gotten his degree and he wanted to focus on something else outside of soccer. I completely understand that. The same thing, you know, that Tolly Hall did when he became a uh, a police officer down in Orlando after, you know, he was playing for Orlando City, but then decided, you know, soccer was no longer his passion and whatever. So I hope it's an instance like that. Like you said, it's not health-related, that it's he wants to pursue something else, which sucks for us soccer fans, but it is what it is. Um, do, is there anything else you want to say about Vincent or the Fire before we move on? <sighs>
1: Um, I got nothing else to say. can (laughs) Um, move
0: on. (laughs) So that's Head, um, it's Head from Chicago, out east to New England, where the Impact needed a win on the road to even be alive for playoff contention. However, Diego Fugundes had other ideas, and in the 74th minute, Fugundes puts away a goal and becomes the youngest player in Revolution history with 50 goals in his career, um, The Impact lose and are out of the playoffs, which set up a way less stressful game for uh, the hashtag Save the Crew. um, (laughs) Speaking of the crew, they had to go out and face Minnesota United at home. And like we said, they had a weather delay, so that delayed the start of the game a little bit. So they already saw – I'm pretty sure they already saw the result of the New England-Montreal game uh, after the delay, so not really. really I think think
1: they – it would have been at halftime. I think they started before this game ended, but I'm not sure. I, it was, I know it was close. So I, it, it was. It was definitely close, and, and I'm sure regardless, like they had people watching and telling the players on the bench.
0: Exactly. Um. So I mean, the only thing to note out of these two games, I really feel, is that you know, Crew won, uh, Impact lost. Giacese Zardis comes up with trick. his first <laughs> career hat trick in a three to two win, and uh, you know. They come away, when some other teams fell in front of them, and they jumped up to fifth place, which I'm sure was their dream scenario, you know, not having to face uh, New York City FC, because who would want to face them right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, But uh, anything you want to say about either of these games, either of these teams?
1: So, yeah, um, we knew, you know, the Montreal and the crew was, it was sort of like one or the other, and... The crew had that, you know, benefit of knowing the result, but I think they were going to go out there and get it done. I think... Uh, Things got a little
2: shaky in the middle of that game, though.
1: They definitely... Yeah, they did, but I think... I just think, you know, Montreal losing this is pretty brutal for them, but, you know, I I, had, I thought the crew were going to get this done regardless. No, and I completely agree with that. And, and it, even, even if the crew drew, they would have made it in, so...
0: Exactly. So yeah, you, it doesn't even matter, kind
1: of because they of, had the upper hand and yeah, the yeah. Impact,
0: Impact screwed themselves. Impact shot themselves in the foot, um, and they're a team that I'm actually very interested. Like I, I know I keep we're, I'm keep on saying teams that missed the playoffs, and I'm interested in their off season. But they're another one that like I really like Remy Guard, and I uh, I like the what he did in his first off season, and I like, kind of want to see what he expands to the second off season. But um, you know, I think that. The impact definitely. They may lose Piatti, and uh, this will be an interesting offseason for them, as well as you know just the revolution with their whole Brad Friedel movement. So this is a lot of watch, a lot to watch here and the crew. You know the the impact saved the crew, and uh, the crew <laughs> are in the playoffs, and that, that's all that matters, right? But um, so they jumped up to fifth place, like I said, and they jumped up to fifth place because. My New York City FC came out to play, and they beat the Union 3-1 at home. Maxine Cheneau came out early with the goal off a corner kick. Austin Trusty thought it was the U.S. Open Cup all over again and put one <laughs> in the back of his own net. And David Villa, my Bronx lord and savior, came out in the 34th minute played looking healthy, looking happy, and scored a goal. Union lose. They drop to sixth place. New York City wins. They solidify the third spot. And I'm feeling confident, which is probably really bad because I'm gonna get depressed <laughs> as soon as they lose in the playoffs.
1: Hey, we we got this same matchup tomorrow, so i yeah yeah. All I gotta can <laughs> you just you just you just need them to rip, repeat basically yeah, what exactly can, the same thing.
0: Wash, rinse, repeat. That's all you gotta do.
1: They they played great, and you know this is a very terrible L for for <laughs> Philly, especially because they play on Sun or tomorrow now. So New York City has that confidence, and Philly does not, obviously. So. Yeah, I'll talk about why I think
0: New York City is gonna come out and win tomorrow later on when we preview the games. But just goddamn, I'm happy to be a New York City fan at this point.
1: <laughs> must be nice, huh?
0: <laughs> it must be nice to have a playoff team. I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk to Sam about that.
1: I want to know. I want to know. <laughs>
0: Uh, you, you had a team last year, though. Just think about that. That's true.
1: Oh, yeah. Nikolic had the yeah. golden
0: boot. Things were right in the
1: world, and then some. <laughs> some just stopped working. I don't know. We All don't right. need to talk about. <laughs> Alright,
0: there are two more games to talk about, and I'm kind of, kind of combine them into one. Uh, these last two games, like I said, they intertwine. First, Atlanta United <laughs> had 69 points, leading the Eastern Conference and leading nice. the Supporter Shield rankings as well. All they needed to do was travel to BMO Field, pick up a win, and pick up Tata's first trophy in MLS. Um, but Toronto had other plans. Toronto strikes with an early goal from Lucas Jansen. Nothing to worry about. one nothing inside 10 minutes is plenty of time. Marky Delgado bangs one home from the top of the box on the 21st. Okay, maybe some time to work. <laughs> 2 nothing at the half. Um, 77th minute, though, Joseph Martinez comes back. Mr. Golden Boot himself, congratulations to him on winning the Golden Boot. Puts away a penalty kick. Things are back on track 2 1. Six minutes later, though, BMO Field is roaring after Lucas Jansen puts away his second goal of the game. And five minutes later, Sebastian Javinko says, Don't you forget about me, pulling his best Breakfast Club impression <laughs> and seals the game 4 1. That is a 4 1 win for TFC. Now, with Atlanta's loss, let's take a jump over it and look Wait, wait, wait. Yeah.
1: Remember when I brought up that conspiracy?
0: I mean, look, you want, you want to bring it up for the people who didn't listen last episode, you can go for it right now.
1: <laughs> All right, so everyone who's new and for the people who listened last time and you just want to hear me talk about it again because it's beautiful. It's um, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Atlanta was sitting on 69 points, which was tied for the Toronto's record last season for the best record, best in the MLS history, and so I said, you know, Toronto's going to come out and they're just going to say, no, you're you're not no. not taking on record. You <laughs> a new team in the second season, no, not a chance. And they came out and they played like they didn't want their record to be beat by Atlanta. Obviously, going to the Red Bulls, they did get beat. The record did get beat, but it wasn't Atlanta. I think that you know, second season Atlanta with all the hype that surrounds that team, Toronto didn't want them to have it.
0: No, I, I I love that that conspiracy theory, and I think it's probably <laughs> completely true. But um, you know, you mentioned it. Let's move over to Harrison, New Jersey, where all the Red Bulls have to do is pretty much tie things up, and like you guys already know, they won the Supporters Shield. But um, 15th minute, Bradley Wright Phillips gets taken down in the pox, and a penalty kick is set up for none other than Derek Etienne Jr. because that's exactly who you would think takes penalty kicks for the <laughs> Red Bulls. But Penalty kick trouble in the past, um, so Etienne Jr. steps up. Everyone in the world knew the shot was going right. If you've ever watched a Red Bull game and Etienne Jr. taking a penalty kick, former teammate Sasha Klaushin kind of hinted at goalkeeper Adam Grinwis and pointed his head to the right, saying that the shot was going right. Grinwis dived right, and the shot was saved. Etienne Jr. kind of couldn't just couldn't be the savior there. But in the fifty-third minute, he redeems himself, gets the ball up in the bot box. um, Cuts back, makes the center back look silly, and puts it past Grin was 1-0, and that's the scoreline for the game. Um, New York Red Bulls win. The Supporter Shield is theirs, and the highest point total for any season in Major League Soccer history with 71 points um, is made, and they are you know, if you want to go by that standard, they're the greatest team in Major League Soccer history.
1: Congrats to them on the Supporter Shield, and I mean, going up against Orlando, I I honestly didn't really have much hope for Orlando. Sorry, Orlando fans. But, yeah, yeah I, I expect them to get this done. And with the Atlanta result, they kind of were the big winners of the weekend in, many, in more the ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> they got a trophy to show for it.
0: Exactly. Um, so, congratulations to them. Coming from a City fan, congratulations. Uh, we'll see you guys <laughs> in the conference finals. Um, Ooh,
1: that would be fun. I
0: I would love to see a Hudson River Derby in the conference finals. Um, But let's quickly run through the Eastern Conference. Red Bulls finished first, Atlanta in second, New York City in third, D.C. in fourth, Crew in fifth, uh, Union in sixth, the Impact de Montreal in seventh, New England Revolution in eighth, TFC in ninth, Chicago Fire, sorry about this, in tenth, and Orlando City, the second worst team in Major League Soccer in 11th. Um, your golden boot winner for the season was Joseph Martinez, shockingly. And your, uh, assist leader king, whatever you want to call that, <laughs> um, was Borek Doko for the Philadelphia Union with 18. Um, those were the, that's how the regular season played out. And I don't think many people saw it playing out like this, especially with Orlando City being one of the worst teams in the league a- a- after an incredible off season of acquisitions on um, the defending champions going on a CONCACAF Champions League run and then missing out on the playoffs uh the LA Galaxy just not being in the playoffs in general that you don't usually see that happening so I don't think many people saw the season playing out the way it did and uh
1: that's the beauty of it
0: exactly I was gonna say that's the beauty of Major League Soccer you know that's that's the beauty of this league these teams and and how this league operates. Um anything you have to say about the overall regular season before we dive into a little
1: bit of a preview of the Wednesday and Thursday night games? Um it was a fun season. I'm, you know, honestly I'm excited for the playoffs. And I think we 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 will delve more into the, you know, overall season towards, you know, after the playoffs, but mm-hmm. it w- it was a good season and obviously there were some things that you may have expected like Atlanta being so good and Things that you may not have expected, like you mentioned with Toronto, and overall, I mean, I I I was excited, I I had a fun time watching all season, and now we're going into the playoffs. Exactly,
0: it's playoff time, and like Jason said, after the season's over, we'll definitely dive into an overall look at the season, an overall look at what the offseason's going to look like for certain teams, Um, and we'll talk about awards then too, but let's not worry about that right now. We got to worry about playoffs because tomorrow We got night,
1: games.
0: Tomorrow <laughs> night starts the knockout games, and the first game, the first game, my boys, New York City FC at home, versus the Philadelphia Union rematch of the decision day game. Uh, I don't. Do you want to start on this one?
1: Because I can. I can, I I can start thing. on this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I know you got a lot to say, so I'll start. Um, this this game on Sunday. I think it's going to have a big impact on tomorrow's game. Obviously, it's a rematch, like we've mentioned, but it's just so much of a confidence builder, I think, for New York, and it just kills the confidence on the other end in Philly, and it's it's going to be fun. I think, I think it'll be a more competitive game than the one on Sunday. I think uh, the union will try and correct some of their flaws that they had, and they're going to come out. It, it could, you know, they could come out with a really, you know, a fire lit under them and say, you know, you can win that game, you can win the end of the season, we don't care, but we're gonna take this game that actually matters in the playoffs. But I think in the end that, that uh, New York City will pull out the win. But I, I'm, I'm gonna take it at a two to one. I think it's gonna be a pretty close game.
0: Okay, first, I, <laughs> go ahead. I, I'll give my love. To my Philly boys, because I went to school out in Pennsylvania. Um, the Union were always on TV, like so. I, I grew a little bit of a connection with some of the Union players, and as you guys know, Joshua yarrow center back for the Union, um, he's one of the first players I've ever really gotten to like talk to on a regular basis. So him, along with Mark McKenzie, a guy who I talked to a little bit. Um, you know I got to give my love to the Philly boys and congratulate them on a great season because that shit's about to end tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> New York City, well back. said. They're back. We got Young hell Herrera back in this midfield, and that is completely going to change everything. Just like it changed everything on Decision Day. In the beginning of the season, when we had Herrera in the lineup, he opened up things with possession. He opened up things for Maxi Morales to to have an incredible first half of the season, and I expect that to resonate into the playoffs. Yangel Herrera is going to be a game-changer for New York City, and now that he is fully healthy, I am stoked because he is a key piece in that cog for New York City. David Villa, finally back healthy, finally back looking like he's happy playing soccer again because he had points in this season where he did not look happy. Um, The 4-3-3 will be back. And I am excited because we have a fully healthy back line. Like I said, Villa is back. The wingers are my only situation where I'm not too confident. Um, Ishmael Tajori-Shradi obviously had 10-plus goals on the season, so he is a guy that I'm confident in. But that other wing, I don't really know if it's going to be Jesus Medina, if it's going to be Rodney Wallace, who it's going to be. But I am confident in New York City. I am confident in my boys Everyone is back, and it is time to go at home against the Union. We're gonna put up another three-one win. We're gonna repeat it, put up six goals in the matter of a few days against the Union, and it is going to be a
1: hot takes advancement first
0: <laughs> advancement into the semi uh, semi semi conference finals conference finals I can't speak against Atlanta United, and uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited for this game tomorrow night.
1: As you should, you're you're going. Yeah, so exactly.
0: I'm I'm going. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be screaming my head off next time I'm on this podcast. I probably won't be able you're to talk. you on. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: um. So that's tomorrow night's early game. Let's talk about tomorrow night's late game, and that is where we head down south, where FC Dallas hosts the Portland Timbers. How are you feeling about this one?
1: Um, I'm actually kind of excited for this one. I think so. FC Dallas are kind of, you know, slowly crept into the playoffs. I mean, they were in the they're in the playoffs pretty early, but you know what I mean, you know, they haven't they haven't looked great. Um that loss to Colorado dropped them from 2nd all the way to 4th basically. Which hurts. It it really does. And Portland who sort of knew their position ahead of time, prepared for that, sat some of their starters, they're they're going to come in ready, rested, um I think Portland is. It's just hard for Dallas. I just think that right now they're they're not playing great, and that's not obviously a good thing. And it usually form kind of carries over, and I think it'll be no different on Wednesday, uh, the late game. And I think Portland will win this three-one. I mean, being a little bold, I think Port, I think Portland's going to take this game. It's just that that loss to Colorado hurts Dallas so much, and. Now
0: look, I I literally have nothing else to add there because I agree with all your points. Uh, lost <laughs> uh, uh, for Dallas to it's, it's a tough form as of late. You lost to to the Rapids and lose out on a bye week, so morale has to be down definitely. And um, you know your biggest problem for for FC Dallas all season long is you don't have a striker. You don't have a guy that can go out and consistently get you goals. Maxi Iruhe is inconsistent, but when he when he scores a goal, every FC Dallas fan screams their head off. You go out and trade for Dominique Baji, who hasn't produced the way he did in Colorado. And, um, you know, you lose the Colorado. <laughs> and for the Portland it, Timbers, like yeah. you said, they're rested. They rested, like, I think, 9 out of 11 starters. I think the only people who played was Jeff Antonella just because he was hurt and they wanted to get him a game back of match fitness. Uh, I think Alvis Powell played and maybe Samuel Armentero. So, sorry, 8 of 11 guys still are, it's still
1: just like they are they're set up to win this game and exactly. they're gonna get they're gonna get it done they're just they're set up they they prepared for this and fc dell kind of shit the bed exactly. last week i you know i i don't
0: have like i said i don't have that much more to add but i think portland timbers win um i'm gonna say that the timbers win I'm gonna say 2-1. I don't think it's gonna be a, com- a complete blowout. I think that FC Dallas <laughs> gets a gets a goal somewhere, maybe on the set piece, maybe like a Matt Hedges cor- uh, yeah, corner that he heads home. But uh, you know, I don't think that it's, it, I don't think that this is favorable for for FC Dallas, and I think on the road, Portland fans travel well. I think PTFC gets a win. Um, you know, I so I hate sh- I hate like continuing just agreeing with you but we're two for two for picks
1: um we'll we'll see where this next one goes yeah
0: let's head to thursday night where i think there may be some disagreement but i also already know probably where sam was going to go with this um the crew are heading out to dc where they look to stop the red hot wayne uh wayne Rooney's or uh dc United or however you however you want to (laughs) nickname them um the crew are having trouble winning and uh i You know, I think the Zardis hat trick last week was a little bit of a fluke, to be honest. I don't think it's going to, it's a consistent run of form. I think it was just a a bad I mean, 19
1: goals on the season. I think he finishes the top American goal scorer uh i'm not disagreeing that he didn't have a bad season but as of
0: late (laughs) he has been struggling to find the back of the net and i think you know obviously three goals on decision day is great but minnesota's defense sucks just flat out it's not good (laughs) you know i think um dc's defense is far superior to minnesota and their midfield in general will slow things down for zardis um but can Zardes really save the crew again? I don't know. I I don't. Eh. Wayne Rooney's at home. Luciano Acosta's at home. I don't know. I I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a one nothing win for DC.
1: Oh, okay. So we're gonna have our first disagreement. Okay. Let me let me hear so, why you think the crew are gonna win. DC, you know we know they're ten match unbeaten, and they're playing. Pretty great. I mean, last week against the Fire wasn't, you know, their best performance, but they they didn't really need a win, I guess. Uh, They're playing great. And Columbus, they just clinched. You know, they were on the edge. They should have clinched much earlier, but it took them, you know, a little bit. They, uh, like you said, beat Minnesota 3-2, like we talked about earlier as well. Um, But I I think this game is going to be – Really tight. I mean, you said one zero to DC, and I'm gonna go one zero to Columbus mm-hmm. because I just think Columbus gets it done in the like. They just playoff magic. They 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 do. They just get it done in the playoffs. And I just ha- I can't pick against this team. And I, I mean, obviously you got Rooney. and DC is flying high, but sorry, Sam, <laughs> I I gotta pick I gotta pick the. Crew, I I don't I think this game's gonna be really really competitive and it's gonna be a really fun game to watch. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Zardes than you are going into this. I think a hat trick is a massive massive like just for a striker to get a hat trick that's a huge boost. And we've been talking about confidence all episode, and I think this is huge for him going into this game. I'm not denying uh, that. I think that Zardes is definitely going to build some confidence
0: off of it, but uh, I just think that confidence may also be on the DC United back line as well. Uh, yeah. But I agree yeah. that it's going to be a tough, a tough game, and it's, I don't see this game having more than two goals scored. I
1: I agree with you there. I think it will need extra time.
0: I wouldn't be upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, the last game, the last game of the knockout round stage, and a game that some people have been picking opposite of what you may think, Um, LAFC will be hosting Real Salt Lake, where we have two very different style of cities. Um, You have LA, the city of celebrities, parties, alcohol, (laughs) drugs, whatever you want to think about LA, versus Salt Lake City. City City. of Lights. Yeah, City of Lights, where you have Salt Lake City, the city of Mormons, and uh, (laughs) two completely different cities two completely different playing styles two completely different uh head coaches really uh with the high personality and low per- well i mean you guess both have high personalities but the the high profile bob bradley and the low profile mike pecky um this one's interesting because i'm seeing some people like uh like a jimmy conrad like some people on mlssoccer.com picking rsl on this one which really is interesting to me what, what do you think of this game
1: so you know, what I, I'm thinking going into, the, I think it's going to have a lot of goals. I think we're going to see a lot of goals in this game.
0: There's not a lot of good defense in this game. That's definitely true. <laughs>
1: it, <laughs> it's a, a high-powered attack, you know, especially for LAFC. And I think we're going to see a high-scoring game. Um, I'm picking LAFC only because, you know, I I just think they're the better team. Uh, RSL also has obviously has to play in LA. And they have not been very good this season um away i think they only have three wins and you know that is obviously not a good look that's not something you want to you know you want to see going into an away playoff game they you know they got lucky creeping into the playoffs um with you know the galaxy kind of gifted them that spot i guess in a way obviously they gifted <laughs> more on points but it kind of just got gifted to them I guess, actually, the Houston Dynamo gifted them that spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, just the three away wins this season, and then L.A. is pretty decent at home. They've only won, lost one at home all season. I think that's going to be the main factor. So, you know, I'm going to go, actually, it's it's pretty bold scoreline. I think, I think I'm think i going to pick 4-2, L.A.
0: Look, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, to see six goals scored in this game. Like, four, five, six goals. Yeah. Uh, See, like, I, my mind immediately tells me, like, LAFC, like Bob Bradley, you know. You it, got, it's
1: that first playoff game, though.
0: Exactly. That's that's the thing. That's like, like they're Bob Bradley, Adama Diomande, you know, like just these guys who who can score, who are flashy. Carlos Vela. Like, am I really gonna go against Carlos Vela? Like this guy, like, I mean, he just had such a great season. <laughs> But, but then, I mean,
1: at the same time, Atlanta last year had a great season, and we saw how that went in the playoffs. Exactly. And, and right. you, could, you can make an argument to say that Atlanta was a better first-season team than L.A. I mean, LAFC has been great, but I think they have actually more points, finish more points. They, but they, they have, but it's just like,
0: I don't know. I really don't. Bob Bradley's had experience coaching a new brand-new MLS side before, Um you know, you have the leadership of Carlos Vela, but that back line is so shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Pecky's also won a supporter shield. He's also brought a team to the playoffs, and he knows what it takes when they have some leadership of, like, a Nick Ramondo and net, even though the guy's 50, still playing soccer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, LAFC's going to allow goals, and that's kind of no secret. But can the I'm real question, goals. I think, is...
0: That's my question.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? But they just need to outscore, you know, and I think they can outscore Salt Lake pretty, pretty easily. All right,
0: my, I haven't, I've been thinking about this all day, and I haven't had my mind made up on who I'm going to pick in this one. You're going LAFC in a four-two win.
1: I'm going Real Salt Lake Oof. in a, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate myself next week when we. Talk, <laughs> I'm going to
0: hate myself because I know LAFC is going to win this, but I got to go with my gut. Real Salt Lake, Mike Pecky. You're going to win 3-2. Uh, I'm going to say a five-goal game, 3-2. And um, I have a question for you, Jason. So we, we have our picks in. We agree on the first two. We disagree on the, uh, on, the on the second two. Do, would you want to do a playoff competition where all three of us pick games? We'll see who comes out with the most games correct or whatever. We can do a point system, however it is. And uh, we we little we, we wager something at the end. I don't know what that thing is gonna be, but we'll we'll wager something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. That'll be a fun one. That'll be something That'll be...
0: We, we gotta talk about off uh, off my. Yeah, head. We, we
1: gotta bring Sam into that conversation, but
0: we'll brainstorm this.
1: I I I think it's definitely in workshop, and we'll we'll let the the listeners know next next episode.
0: Exactly. We'll have we'll have a decision for you next episode, but we're gonna see who who knows their. MLS Cup playoffs, the best. And
1: right now, <laughs> who, gets, who gets lucky, you could say too. Who, who, exactly. <laughs> who, who doesn't want to follow their heart with New York City all the way at MLS Cup? Um.
0: <laughs> hey, but... I, I got
1: I got no dog in the race, so <laughs> I don't got I don't have to take the fire in every game because they they have no games.
0: You have the clearest mind, definitely. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you have anything you want to say before we finish up this episode?
1: Um, just these are gonna be great games and. I hope everyone out there is listening and about to, you know, enjoy their Wednesday and Thursday nights. You know, it's Halloween tomorrow. Pass out some candy, have the game on. You can't go wrong with that.
0: (laughs) No, you definitely cannot go wrong with, you know – the only thing that's going to go wrong is when you're in the middle of watching a game, some kid's going to come up to your door ringing the doorbell, and you're going to miss a goal. Just know that. If,
1: oh my, if I miss a goal because of that... This is I'm screaming at kids. Get
0: the fuck off my porch! I,
1: I, see, I see, like, an attack, you know, forming, and yeah. the doorbell rings, and I like, run, just throw candy. <laughs> just open the door and throw candy. Go! Out. Go! <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny. Um, my closing <laughs> moment, and... Thinking about this right now, actually, I don't know if I sent this in the group chat between you, Sam, and I, but uh, we have an interview at the end of this episode. As you guys know, I'm trying to do some different things with the podcast, and I'm trying to get an interview every single week with some interesting people. And this week, we have an interview with San Jose midfielder Eric Cavillo, the uh, 20-year-old midfielder for San Jose. It was a great, great interview, a great conversation with him. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you guys very much for listening to episode 81. And uh, guest on on this on this episode from Palmdale, California. He is a midfielder for the San Jose Earthquakes. His name is Eric Calvillo. Eric, how you doing, man? good, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing okay. Busy, busy day. Um, I want to start this off by talking about a little bit of your past soccer experience and uh before we kind of move on to current day stuff and and your your mls debut which i definitely want to talk about but um you played with the new york cosmos in 2016 and 2017 which i'm from long island uh so i absolutely love that and i love the new york cosmos ties that you have there uh what was that time playing like in the nasl and you know in new york and and playing for probably one of the most recognizable uh soccer brands in america
2: I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, I I was barely coming back from the residency program with the U seventeen national team, so that was a uh, that was something else. And uh, you know, just being with the Cosmos and knowing a little bit about you know their past and their their history and stuff, you know, it was honestly an honor to be part of that club and that you know organization. And then even for, for players that were there recently before I joined, which you know, sucks a little bit that I, I wasn't there a little earlier before they both retired, which was Marco Senna and Raul. So, but no, I mean, the, my experience there was, you know, fantastic and they got me to, uh, to where I'm at right now, which is with San Jose and, and the MLS. So that's it's a stepping, stepping point in, in my career uh, for, for, you know,
0: and what, what I see. Um, you mentioned Raul. And um, did you ever get a chance to run into him? I know you didn't play with him. Um, you were on the same roster as him. But did you ever get a chance to run into him or even, like, kind of hear people around the organization and hear what they had to say about him?
2: Yeah, no, I, I've heard a lot. I've met both of them, actually. Um, I met Raul for the first time my first year when the cause the, team, the club recently just, you know, announced that they're changing the Know, sponsorship instead of my are going to uh, Under Armour. Mm-hmm. So at our at our yeah, the opening for the Under Armour, the new kids like that, he was there actually. So I met him, took a pictures of him and then Marco I met him at uh, one of the one of the games as well. One of our games he showed up there and he you know, and also trained with us a little bit so that was that was pretty pretty cool. Now
0: you <clears throat> you won the league title in 2016, so your first professional season. I'm pretty sure you yeah. you you won the league title right away. How does it feel to like just be like the boss right away? Like you won that shit right away. Um, I mean it was, it was good. Yeah, I felt
2: I felt alright. I mean, my first year though was still like exactly how just my first year right now with San Jose has, has begun has gone. Um, I didn't you know play as much as I you know
1: would have hoped. Hope to. I'm, mm-hmm.
2: I, only, I only made about three appearances that that year, but just just you know being with those you know those guys, the group of guys, like that, the talent that we had, and just training with them, and learning from most of those veterans and stuff, you know their past. Uh, uh, it was it was it was great, you know. And then ended up with the championship with them, you know, something that we, you know we worked the whole year for, and you know just to go out and you know get you know a championship in my first professional year, you know something something amazing.
0: Now you said uh, you know you definitely you you were around those those teammates and those guys a lot. Who were some of the teammates from your Cosmo days that really like you know pushed you to be better? And then when you can get off the field, that like, you guys just chilled and it was it was totally like non soccer related. Mm. I mean, yeah, on
2: the field situation, most, like every 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 other guy, every uh, the players and my teammates were pushing me to you know knowing that I could become you know a better player than I was. <laughs> Now, in the mountain now. Uh, the mouth of the field, you know, it was, I mean, there was, um, I I'll say, you know, some of the guys that guy with, i hung out a lot I mean, obviously, Alexis Bonetta was my, the same age as me. He was a very good friend of mine. I've known him for years now, years playing, wins, playing against president and also national team. Mm-hmm. So he was, one, he was one of them. And then I had uh, a couple of the older guys, you know, Danny Santella was like a, big mentor of mine. I still keep in touch with him. He's he's been been a big impact in my my career, in my life. Uh, You know, Mike LeHood in the beginning was also a good mentor of mine. Adam Moffat, All the, like, center midfielder guys, you know, and then uh, I hung out out with uh, Jimmy Mulligan, uh, Ryan Ryan Richter. You know, those two guys were more right back, left back situations. Those guys were you know, guys I, you know, really hung out with a lot as well off the field. But, you know, most, all the guys, most of the guys, you know, even our captain, Carlos Mendez, you know, he was, has a big impact in not only soccer, but just, you know, my, my personal life and stuff, you know, just learning a lot from him and what he went through and, you know, just, you know, the captain and role model that he showed me and, you know, the team was, you know, great, you know, great learning experience for
0: my, for myself. No, I mean, that's awesome, and it's definitely, you can tell it's propelled you to this point where obviously you're on a major league soccer roster, and that, you know, you know, it's it's propelled you into something even better from from what the NASL was, and that's not my last question about the NASL that I want to ask you is you know the the league is still technically running but it's on hiatus. Um, what, what's what do you how do you feel about the state of the NASL right now? Obviously you played in it so you have some feelings towards the league. Um, so how do you feel about you know the state of the uh, North American Soccer League? I mean yeah I mean I, I, I
2: you know, my first two years in the league was you know was great I mean it's unfortunate you know for what the situation they've been going through and you know honestly you know I wish they could continue you know their status and you know continue their league with their teams and stuff like that because I think it really you know showed a lot of improvement you know from previous years and also like not only for myself but you know my second year was the year that I actually played a lot of games and had a lot of exposure and I wasn't the only you know youngster in that league. Was you know getting the exposure you know as well, so I think was it was good not only for you know guys, the veterans you know fall down you know obviously now trying to retire you know real soon and being going to a league where it's still very competitive and a lot of good players are at, and then also for the youngsters you know getting an opportunity to find, you know get professional minutes and you know try to improve their game to hopefully get to the higher level that they want to get to.
0: No, hundred percent. I mean, I, I think, in my opinion, more soccer the better, right? I mean, I just, I, yeah. you, you want to see as much American soccer being played as possible because that's the, that's what's gonna get us to a, a higher level as a country and as a. Uh, you know, just as a soccer country and as soccer fans and soccer players, we all want more more soccer. Um, so 2018 comes around and you get an opportunity to sign a contract with the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, what kind of was in that decision from you for you to go, obviously, west coast to east coast, going from home to the Cosmos, and then obviously east coast back to west coast, going back out to San Jose? Uh, yeah,
2: I mean, obviously, you know, Going to Cosmos MLS was you know my first my first goal in trying to you know do what I had to do there and learn and you know obviously the goal is, is always to you know take a step higher you know you never want to take a step back and I think you know the move to the MLS San Jose was obviously a moving point upwards so that you know, wasn't really that that you know that tough of a decision to you know to, uh, to to make because obviously I do. Miss and love the year, because, you know, they're, they're great to me. They're a club and fans were outstanding, but you know at, the, at, you know, at the end of the day, I have to do what's right for myself and what's going to be, you know, good for my game and also, you know, for my family. So uh, I'm pretty sure everybody respects that. And they, they they can agree with me. So uh, it was an easy decision for me to you know, take you know the next stepping point to my career.
0: Yeah, did seeing that opportunity on like a major league soccer contract like really were you like like this is it, like this is real type of thing? Yeah, I mean
2: it it's it's felt, it felt good, you know, obviously I was very excited for it and uh, you know, I, I I knew how hard I worked, you know, for this opportunity and and uh but yeah, I mean obviously there's still, you know, other levels of where I want to get to and mm-hmm. You know, Europe, Europe is still the number one, and you know, I'm still trying to work for that. But it's you know, taking you know your, your, your first opportunity, you know, time by time, and taking that every day, day by day, and then hopefully, you know, just let you know time and God do, do their work, and you know, if, if anything, you know, as long as I put in the hard work, everything will fall in place.
0: Exactly, and you know what? Like, it's weird that I'm interviewing someone younger than me. Like, I'm 22, which I'm not saying like. You're so much younger than me, but you're still 20. So you have a you have a long, long career ahead of you, and that's something that's that that's awesome. And I think that you 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 have a shot at Europe because you are a talented player. Now, I want to um, talk about this season. You uh, were sent on loan to the USL with uh, Reno 1868. Um, you played a decent amount of matches for them, around 10 matches for them. Um, when you got that um, that phone call or whatever, however you get notified that you're going on loan, um, what's that mindset? like for you like what's the mindset like when when the coach comes in and says hey we're going to send you down to the USL and you're going to get minutes there
2: yeah no I mean it was like a I mean I got I got really used to it in the beginning you know obviously it was, it was expected mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah after you know getting almost you know I I was really training with San day every week and then on the weekends I was sent down to on loan to play and uh, so it was getting to a point where I was getting used to it and but at the same time it was you know, it, it was difficult to see, like go down with a group of guys that I've never really met or really trained with and just trying to, you know, get into their style and the, the style of their play and then also the level in that league compared to nonetheless and stuff like that. But uh, but no, I mean obviously, you know, I just, I wanted to play games, I wanted to get minutes and not just be training and sitting out, you know, from nothing. So it was uh it was hopeful, stuff like that and you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the Reno you know, was a great organization as well. They've been doing well, you know, so far. As and I've been following up on them, you know, since since uh, since I've been playing with them and you know, uh, think, you know playing with playing a couple of games down there and then coming t- kind of coming back up to uh you know, especially you know playing well, you know down down Reno you know, giving me a you little know, confidence. So that helped me a lot too this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Reno's, they're still in the USL playoffs. Like, I, I know you said you keep up with them. Like, do you still have any contact with the guys, like, wishing them luck and, like, watching them play?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Most of the guys, I do. I get in contact with them. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're great friends of mine now. You know, we're really close, like, to the point where they're congratulating me. They're following me <laughs> on my success so far. Just you know, towards the end of the season, and, you know, I'm doing the same thing as, as well. You know, I watch know most of their games you know when I'm not there and then also now probably not following them in the playoffs and I wish them the best of luck as well and then I'll have one more they have a game tomorrow in the semi, you know, semi-final conference so I know it's gonna be a good game and I know what they're capable of and you know hopefully they can uh, go out and do what they've been doing and get another victory.
0: Now, here's the question that I've been wanting to get to and I wanted to build up to it a little bit you made your MLS debut last Sunday against the Colorado Rapids which is an absolutely incredible accomplishment and congratulations on that um you were also at home in San Jose for your debut which is probably an incredible feeling can you walk me through like what the feelings were when you were walking out on that field like it just what it, what it was like to walk out on that field for your debut at home
2: uh yeah, I mean it was my it was my MLS first started, Yes. but it was my day.
0: Sorry, that that's what I meant. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. No, I
2: mean, you know what when, when I when I found out it was that day I found out that I was starting and honestly like it's been weird lately. Even on my debut, like I didn't really get like any butterflies like I usually did, like usually did before. Mm-hmm. It was like I don't know, it was a different feeling. It was like um yeah, I, I was excited and I was ready for the opportunity. I know how long I've been waiting for it, and how hard I worked. So it was like to the point where like, all right, cool, like it's here, and I'm gonna show everybody like why why I'm here. You know, mm-hmm. like I should I should be I should uh, you know getting my opportunity. You know, you know earlier in the year, especially when we're out of playoffs, type kind of stuff. You know, but you know the time when time was time. I, I uh, there wasn't anything that I like, could really do about it, and, except you know just be ready for the opportunity and. Uh, and that's when I got it this past weekend and it was absolutely, you know, great feeling for me, especially, you know, going out, you know, starting the game and then just hearing, you know, the, the crowd and just being in the, just the, the speed of play as well, just being in that momentum. Um, and then also having some family members out there, families and friends, just being there for me. So I feel like yeah, it was, a, it was honestly, you know, something I've been dreaming of and, you know, was waiting on and, you know, happy that, you know, happy that I finally got that opportunity.
0: No, exactly, and I mean, like, I wanted to correct myself from before. This was your your first ever start in Major League Soccer, and and it, it's it's awesome that you can you kept like your butterflies down a little bit because every every person handles that differently, and you know it, it's it's interesting to kind of see what people's emotions are like, and having your family in the crowd and in the stands is probably an even better feeling that they get to see you. Um, you know, something you have worked so hard for your entire life to get to see you kind of hit that top point. Um, now, I know you said your emotions were calm, but you look on the other side of the field to start the game, and there's Kellen Acosta on the other side of the field, and you got Tim Howard in net. But did that, I mean, those are probably guys that you, when you grew up watching, you know, a little bit, with Tim Howard more, but, um, you know, it, w- was that like anything, like seeing some of these guys that you've seen growing up on the other side of the field?
2: Um, no, I mean, obviously it was, you know, great to see those, you know, those you know familiar faces. I mean Tim Howard especially since he's I I did grow up watching him watch watching him play and you know watching all the games national team and Kevin Acosta I played against him I you know I played you know national team wise against him and I I met him a couple of times and I know we have some like mutual friends you know between us and you know he's he's a he's a friend of mine I was I was showing me you know you know he saw me you know the in the you know we walked out and said, you know, he's very happy to see me, and, and uh, you know, it was good, you uh, know, so I was happy to play against both of them, and, you know, obviously I just wanted to go
0: out and do my thing, and that's really all I focused on. No, and that, and that, that's completely awesome, and I love that. I got three more questions for you. Um, So San Jose have been in the news recently with their newest um, move of bringing in the head coach, Matias Almeida. Um yeah. Have you personally heard from Almeida, or has he addressed the team at all about kind of like what the plans are for 2019, or anything that he, you know, maybe he's just like has a little motivational thing he wanted to start for 2019 type of thing? Uh, no, we haven't. No, nobody is
2: really, nobody on, the, on the team that I know of really has spoken spoken around him or spoken to him. Um, right now, we're just obviously focusing on the end of the year finishing mm-hmm. up this season. And then everything else will fall into place for next year, and we'll see what happens.
0: But no, he hasn't—he has uh, hasn't made any personal contacts with any of us. No, and I, you know, it's one of those things you're interested in seeing. Like, did he already talk to the guys? Is he saving you type of thing? Um, my second-to-last question is: When you're not playing soccer, what do you like to do? do you, are you a video game guy? Are you a, a workout freak? What are you? Yeah, I'd
2: say I'm a video video game guy, or
0: just you know, watching movies or tv shows what's your game fortnite oh, of course it's fortnite <laughs> yeah, uh, who's the best fortnite, fortnite player fortnite or fifa who's the best fortnite, fortnite player on san jose what's I? who's the best fortnite player on san jose hi no oh, of course i like the confidence yeah. yes you are
2: no, 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 doubt, no doubt.
0: <laughs> if you had, if yeah. you had to you're going out with doubles in fortnite who's your teammate if I'm going, what? If you're playing Fortnite and you need a teammate out there, who's your teammate? Like, from on the, on the, on the team? Yeah. i uh,
2: will say it would, be, it would be between
0: Paul Maria or Luis I mean, just for, some, for some reason, they seem like they would be the types of guys that would go out there and be playing Fortnite, too. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple. There is a couple guys. There, there is a couple guys. That, I mean, even some of the veterans that we got, we
0: got some issues with as well. I mean, I there's no way I'm believing that like Wando's playing Fortnite. No, not, no, not Wando. <laughs> yeah, he loves
2: the game.
0: I mean, me personally, I'm more of a FIFA type of guy. I mean, and I know you said yeah. you play FIFA too, but he, there's, there's nothing better than FIFA 19 right now. I haven't even played that one yet. Oh my God. He, <laughs> To start, to start for that. You got, you got to get that, get on that, Eric. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last question, and this is a question that I ask every single guest at the end of the show. If you can go back in time and relive one moment in all of soccer history, so anything in soccer, you can go back and relive that moment live. What would that moment be for you? Um, I haven't, haven't been asked that question, but I would say, uh,
2: Go back to u 17 World Cup, and, you know, and to try to change the the outcome of that. Mm-hmm. So that was a, it was obviously a great experience and everything, but just you know, with that with that group of that group of guys and that team that we had, we know we could have done way better than we did, and it's just such you know just you know
0: what, had, what had happened what happened. Yeah, I'm sure that there's plenty. Of, like I, I, I always like hearing those because it's like it's so interesting and what players would kind of go back and try to change and try to, you know, maybe want to just have done differently because you felt like you had such a special team going forward. I mean, that, 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 that's an awesome uh, that's an awesome answer, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, I
2: would, yeah, I would say that. You know, that's like an answer that like, I would try to go and change, but like, to go back to just the moment moment where like I don't want to change anything. Will obviously be my first professional goal.
0: What like, uh who is that against?
2: Uh, Minnesota United.
0: Oh wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, that was, that was my 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 debut start as well for Cosmos. That was the end of the season I made my first start and we won one year.
0: Well, you know what? I hope that you can take a late-season start like you did with the Cosmos. You turned into a career there. hope you can take a late-season start with San Jose and turn this into a career in Major League Soccer because you had a very good game against the Rapids, and I'm excited to keep watching you in 2019, man. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. And if you want to give your social media out to the uh, fans right now, you can go ahead and do it. Uh All
2: right. You said what? Eighty seconds? what?
0: If you want to give your social media, Twitter, whatever you want, out to the out to the crowd. Yeah, uh, I
2: mean my social media, is Instagram and Snapchat, they're both the same. It's Eric twenty six, so that's that's there's my there's
0: my social media. <laughs> Go ahead and follow the man. Thank you, Eric, for coming on. I
1: really appreciate your time. Great. It was a great conversation. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much.